Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome into another episode of the Primetime Titans. The first episode of the Primetime Titans, where the Tennessee Titans are the AFC champions, the American Football Conference number one seed. Going into the playoffs, we have a bye this week. What a wonderful season overcoming so much adversity. What a resilient team we have on our hands here, Titans fans. Um, A little publicity for the Primetime Titans. We just released our first t-shirt and hoodie. Um, We actually have two designs up on our site. There is a link in our Instagram bio you can go to. It's a pretty long link, so I'm not going to read it over here, but it's Grind City Designs is the website. Um, Go to our Instagram bio, click on the link. We've got a Derrick Henry t-shirt, Return of the King um, font with, uh, with a picture of the King on the shirt and the hoodie. And then we have just a standard primetime Titans t-shirt and hoodie for the podcast. If you want to support us, um, we would love to see your logo or our logo around Nashville. Um, if you enjoy the show, go and saunter on over to the website and, and buy a shirt and support the boys, support the fellas. So we've had such a great time recording, and doing this podcast this year, we're excited for next year. We got some big things brewing in the off season. Before we get there, we've got a playoff run ahead of us, boys and girls. Yes, that's right. Your Tennessee Titans are currently two wins away from the Super Bowl. So, without further ado, please welcome in Antonio Brown, the rap legend. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around a bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison and time keeps dragging on The Primetime Titans podcast is presented to you today by Walker Financial Management. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL and the engine of the Titans offense, but he would be the first to tell you that it takes consistent support from teammates, coaches, trainers, and advisors for him to be the most successful on and off the field. In the same way, small business owners are the engines of their companies and wear a lot of hats. Walker Financial Management exists to support owners of small to medium-sized businesses, specifically in regards to bookkeeping. They offer customizable solutions like transaction categorization, monthly financial statement preparation, accounts receivable and payable management, payroll, CFO services, and more. If you or someone you know is spending too much time, money, or stress on bookkeeping, find peace of mind by visiting www.walkerfm.com to schedule a free consultation with a certified bookkeeping professional today. That's www.walkerfm.com. All right, here we go. Primetime Titans. We are back. I'm JG. I'm Pettit. I'm Robert. And we're here to talk about the Texans win, the big time. The Titans win. Sorry. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Rewind. Rewind. (laughs) Titans win. I didn't say that. Don't worry. I'm too focused on... The playoffs that I'm my my mindset is just straight on the playoffs that I don't even remember who won two days ago. This is Tuesday morning. We're recording as usual. Um, your Titans are the number one seed, but before your primetime Titans, yeah, everything we're we're number one. I'm I am just 
rattled on this Tuesday morning. <laughs> I don't know what is up. But before we get into uh, the the bulk of the podcast, we want to address. We're sorry for last week. Uh, we didn't talk about the Dolphins. We didn't preview the Texans game. We had a little bit of a maybe. I'm not trying to violate any HIPAA here, but maybe had a little COVID uh, positives. Maybe within the group, maybe outside the group that are close to the group. You never know. And then the snow, that wasn't helping. I was actually uh, out of town on vacation. I was skiing. Uh, I chose skiing over you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, You're forgiven. I won't do it again until maybe a year from now. Um, And it just wasn't going to work out. Um, You know, we were were honestly so excited. The, The Dolphins win. That thirty-four to three win was like that. It honestly, that Sunday that we beat the Dolphins and the Colts lost to the Raiders, the Bengals lost or the Bengals beat the Chiefs. A ton of stuff that happened that Sunday. I was like, wow, that Sunday went absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. And then this past Sunday, basically same thing happened again. You could almost you could argue maybe like the night before when the Chiefs beat the Broncos, it put a little pressure on us that we had to win to get the one seed, but yeah, so we apologize for no episode last week, but here we are now, and we are talking about the Texans game. Um, we probably will, we obviously don't have any any other episode to do this week and to preview any episode because we we have a bye, so that's, that's wonderful, but we might still have one, um, you know, on the weekend or something like that, who knows, we'll figure it out and we'll get that to you, but... I want to ask you two, uh, now that the regular season is done, I have a trivia question for y'all. I Let's know there have been some trivia questions before that have been stupid and dumb to where y'all can't even get it <laughs> that I've asked, or they've been extremely easy and they're stupid that I even asked because they're so easy. But So we think this is in the middle? Um, yeah, I'd say, it's in, I think, I'd say this is going to be a good one. All right. And you listeners out there, maybe... After I ask it, pause it. Try to get it. It's a nice little fun exercise. Maybe you could beat Robert and Pettit. Maybe you don't even have to pause it. You're going to get it before Robert and Pettit get it. Who knows? Okay, top tacklers from 2021. So this is, I want you to give me the top five players who had the most tackles on the Tennessee Titans this year. Kevin Byard. Yeah. Say Kevin Byard. He played every game. Okay. He's number one. Yeah. All right. He has he had eighty eight. That's I'm gonna the most say tackles I'm gonna say Amani Hooker is in the top five. Barely. He is number five. And how many does he have? Sixty two. Okay. Harold Landry. Boom. Third. Seventy four. I don't know if any linebacker they just I know. shifted because they all got hurt. Um, Do we want to lock in David Long? I mean, he no. still had some. He, he was out for six games. Yeah. Honestly, I'm thinking maybe like a D, a, a, the other another D end. Bud Dupree wasn't didn't play enough. Bud Dupree only had 17 tackles. He had the same number of tackles as Buster Screen. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we Which, get. A, I'm looking at that as good job. Buster a guy Screen. with more than 60 what about tackles. Fulton. No, he didn't play enough in corners. They don't really make Fulton a lot of tackles. Was he had forty? He's down there. Uh, maybe it is David Long. Let's go. Let's go he with one gets of the a backers. lot of tackles. David Long. That was the surprising one. David Long missed like five or six games, and he was second on the team in tackles with seventy six. Yeah, he's, wow. think if, he's a star. Think though. if he hadn't if he hadn't missed those games, he'd be in the hundreds. 
Yeah. He would, he would be one of the leading tackles in the league. Oh, man. He was an absolute beast. There was, he would uh, maybe be top five leading tackle in the league. Yeah. I mean, no flags film on Twitter. They're always great doing some, you know, uh, some film stuff, and they compiled a four-minute-long video of David Long's season. Recently, and it's, it's so awesome. He was whoever that guy is. I think you can find his name out there, but I don't remember what it is. He was just hired by Broadway Sports. Nice, oh, wow. congrats yeah. to No awesome. Flags Film. Yeah. Okay, Zach Cunningham. I mean, I'm I'm not guessing him, but yeah. he probably has already thirty plus tackles. Yeah. So Cunningham, I wonder how many he had with the Texans before he came over. I don't think he had a lot. I think that's. I think he was kind of struggling. I mean, he's led this the year. team in tackles last two games. So I'm gonna go. There's a fourth. I'm gonna go. Y'all have gotten one, two, three, and five. I'm gonna go Elijah Molden actually. Do you That's have a good guess? Like Pettit, do you He's have played it? enough. Yeah, I like that. That's exactly right. He had sixty-two Boom. tied with Imani Hooker. So um, technically, yeah. So I was going to say with Molden and Hooker tying, technically y'all could guess the next one. But um, who's you said the next one? The next one is Rashawn Evans with fifty-seven. Um, I mean, who only played two snaps against the Texans? I mean, he he played too much to be that low on the list. Yeah, and. The same guy who posted the David Long cut up on Twitter, no, no flags film, posted one on Rashawn Evans' game against, against the, Dolphins, the Dolphins, saying this was the worst game he has played in his career, showing all these run fits that he missed, showing yeah, he missed, a really it poor was, it was obvious angles, really poor pass drops. You even said it on on watching the game uh, live, Pettit, that that first drive you could just tell. Rashawn Evans was out of position, and they were just running it and throwing it right at him. He just looks – he just reacts to everything. He do, he never – like like David Long, you can tell with instincts, he's just jumping everything, reads oh, it, and it's just amazing. knows what's going on. Rashawn Evans is just so, oh, is this a run? Now I'm going to react to what's going on. You're like, <laughs> okay, you're very late to the game now. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he reads the game very well or plays with fundamentals. I mean, obviously – he does it well because he's in the NFL, but I mean, not as well as you would like your starting linebacker. He relies to on be. athleticism, which yeah. is just not enough in the NFL. And I just think it's pretty clear that David Long and Zach Cunningham are both better than They're him. stars. I'm excited for them next year. I'll be interested to year. see. I'll be interested to see if Jayon Brown gets playing time over Rashawn Evans. That's been that was interesting. In the, the last game in the playoffs, you mean? Yeah, Jayon was inactive. And Rashawn Evans was active, and I think Rashawn had five snaps on special teams, so and three defensive snaps. So maybe the thought process there was Rashawn Evans gives us more on special teams than Jayon Brown does, so that's why we're going to go with Rashawn Evans. We'll see if that continues to be the case because if if Jayon Brown, you know, if one of those guys, David Long or Zach Cunningham, gets hurt, who do you want playing linebacker for you, Jayon Brown or Rashawn Evans? Uh, a few other notable tacklers. Monty Rice had 36 in that wow. stint of games he had to fill in. So that's, that's five nice. games, maybe? Yeah. Um, Zach that's, Cunningham. That's a good name to think to remember for the offseason. I think yeah. he's going to be a pretty good third linebacker. For well, I mean, another name is Rashad Weaver. Yeah. Oh, heck we, yeah, Rashad Weaver. Gone, we have a, had a lot of season-ending injuries on guys that just added depth to our team this year. Farley. Rashad Weaver, Monty Rice, Farley. Caleb Farley, Marcus Johnson, Marcus Johnson, kind of guys like that that just added depth that were Cam quality Batson. guys. Cam Batson would have been great at certain points this year, hundred percent. Yeah, but that just proves that like those guys are you know you can fill those roles a little bit. But I mean, Caleb Farley is a first round draft pick. Yeah, 
I mean, Rashad Weaver is a guy that we thought was going to be pretty good. Monty Rice is a guy that would have filled in, gotten playing time, would have been ready for next year. You know what I mean? Like, those are also guys that uh, John Robinson hits on. Yeah. So those guys could be stars for all we know. And I don't know. It's just even more impressive that we're the one seed. I'm a full believer in the Mike Vrabel redshirt program for rookies. It is it sure rare. seems like it. And if it's not like a full redshirt, it's not until like the last few weeks of the year. It is rare that you see a rookie compete and get playing time for the Titans now. Now that we've kind of developed, built a culture, we are so good at developing players, I feel like, over the long long haul that Vrabel is, geez, he loves to sit those rookies for a year, let them figure it out. Half the time they get hurt, like Christian Fulton or Caleb yeah, Barley. Yeah, I would say Fulton's probably the best example of that yeah. right now, like the most recent best example. And so it kind of turns into a redshirt year anyway, and then you don't have the pressure of everybody yelling like, where's Dylan Radins? Why isn't he playing? Or where's Caleb Farley? Why isn't he playing? Well, he's hurt, and he's getting his redshirt year. He's figuring out the NFL. So now you kind of go into next year, at least I do, and think this is Caleb Farley's actual first year where we get to see who he is and what he's going to be about. Well, what do you think and about Elijah Molden, then? Yeah, I was about to That's, say Elijah Molden. I think Elijah Molden, he's... Um, Deserves more playing time? No, I mean, well, he, he gets plays a ton, ton of playing time. I'm saying, like... He kind of that him shows how good that. he is. Yeah. yeah, that shows how good he is because he can carve out a role on this team that doesn't like to play rookies. I saw that since week, I guess after week three, he's been the best defensive rookie this year. Wow! In like from a grading standpoint, yeah, from almost, in almost every category. Wow. So I he's mean, been he's been really great, an absolute stud. I think the main thing with he that is his struggle. IQ. His NFL, his football IQ is. Incredible. And you know Vrabel loves that. He also seems extremely mature. Yeah. He's always just like his interviews, he's just like just down to play. He already has the Vrabel lingo down. <laughs> <laughs> I he think like that might be a... Vrabel was was training him and stuff like that, and he's just like Coach, I got this. Yeah, I, you're good. I wonder if that's a class they put rookies through is well, how to talk to the media, like a three hour course on this is what you say. This is I would your not mindset. be surprised. The other thing that's very interesting, I was watching. Uh, I always loved the Vrabel post game locker room speeches, and um, well, when they win for sure. And they they put that up on. I think they put that up yesterday. <clears throat> I was wanting to see that on Sunday, but they put it up yesterday. And I was. It was interesting because it was more like Vrabel was. It was funny because Vrabel would be telling the team stuff and they would be, he would be giving them little like um, not demands, but basically saying, you know, credit the fans, you know, make sure you mention when you're asked, talk with the fans. They were awesome today. Um, You know, y'all were disrespected, but don't worry about that. Like it's y'all, y'all won. Talk about y'all. Don't talk about anyone else. Okay. You know, we're, we're focusing on us and he just gives us, you know, gives the players a little bit of, Hey, guidance. you got to do yeah. Guidance, I guess, would be the best way to describe it, and it's incredible the way that he um, subtly just puts that in there. Like, hey, do this, do that, handle this this way in the media. Let's let's do this. It's gonna be great. Yeah, a, a lot of coaches I feel like try and do that, and then sometimes it's pretty cringeworthy. You know what I mean? My first example is a Butch Jones. That's just five-star hearts kind of thing where he's probably <laughs> telling his players the same thing, but they're just not really 
<laughs> it is not soaking it. They're not soaking that up. So I think Rabel definitely has instilled a culture in the Titans, and it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. He's such a he's such a leader and demands so much respect. It just seems like on the outside looking in that he is the ideal like CEO type, like like almost like a general. That's how I view Rabel. Is is he is the general that is he's a great tactician, yes, but he just knows his guys and he knows what they need, and they all really really respect him, and they kind of probably fear him a little bit at least some of the some of maybe not some of the stars and the guys have been there forever but like probably some of the support staff some of the maybe the assistant coaches some of the special teams guys I mean I'm sure there's a little bit of fear there he's just such a like I don't know big demanding intimidating personality that I don't know it's a it's a it's proven to be quite a good winning formula which brings us to one of my favorite topics of the Titan season, Mike Vrabel for coach of the year. <laughs> you you said it all the way, what, after the Rams game? After the that Rams game. That was the first, first time. I said, if we go on a run, watch out for Mike Vrabel coach of the year murmurs. We, and thought, have, we the, thought after that Steelers game that, you know, we might have lost it. Yep. I mean, do you think it got down, it got to the stretch, like, or down the stretch, it got to a point where, if we didn't get the one seed, we probably totally. were going to get the respect and he wouldn't get coach of the year. Totally. If we were the three seed or the four seed, I don't think. Because he still would have been in talks, but he wouldn't yeah. have been a lock. Like we yeah, still would have now. probably thought he would be uh, a good consideration for it. But national media, no. Right. Really not until, I feel like not until Sunday, fi- well, maybe the week before, but not until the week before people were finally being like, okay, I'm starting to hear more talk about right. Rabel. And I think it was all contingent on us beating the Texans and getting that one seed, like you said. Because that's sort of the statement of um, accomplishment. Like, this is what the team did with all 91 players that they played, which is an NFL record. Uh, we've covered that quite extensively on the podcast. He's just – he's a great coach, and he gets the most out of his players, and he's got a great message – I heard him in a press conference talking one time about how he gets players ready who either they come right off the street or they haven't played any meaningful snaps and all of a sudden there's an injury or someone gets COVID and they're now that player is elevated to a higher role. And he says the team, and other NFL teams might do this, but I just thought it was a very interesting approach. The team behind the scenes, like the front office or whoever it is, puts together some clips of players in that position historically across the NFL who have taken advantage of an opportunity just like whoever this new player is, um, whatever you know opportunity that they have at their disposal in the game on Sunday, they put together some clips and some stories of like, hey, in 2008, this happened with the Dolphins and this player got hurt and then this player X who that who you know is probably a famous player or somebody that they know they had a great game and that turned into an eight-year career yeah and so it kind of inspires the players to say oh i actually have a legitimate opportunity here because whoever was ahead of me is no is no longer there for this game right um kind of inspires them and it's just a great way they did that with someone like buster screen yeah exactly or step in very well or maybe like elijah molden or Like, I mean, you could go down the list with players that we have had to bring up off the practice squad this year, bring in off the streets this year. So 
Um, credit to Mike Vrabel for sure. He's the coach of the year, in my opinion, and um, I think he deserves it. Yeah. Um, so y'all want to chat a little bit about the Texans game, uh, the win. We're going to do that, and then after that we will get to what that win means. We'll talk about a little, little bit about Derrick Henry maybe. and um, Yeah, so let's talk about the Texans game. We won 28-25. They just had to do it to us where they put us on the edge of our seat. We were winning 21 nothing at halftime, um, and they outscore us 25-7 to in the second half, but it's not enough, thank goodness. Um, so we came out with the, with the win. Uh, I do want to talk about Tannehill, actually. I, that Tannehill that we saw against the Texans, that is like – that's the Tannehill we thought we were going to get all year. Wouldn't you say? I mean, he had four touchdowns. Yeah, and he, that, looked, he looked very efficient, making the right decisions. Oh, man. And that play of the game, the play of the game for sure, was the third and five or something where uh, Lawan, you know, got beat inside. The guy came in. He was about to sack T- Tannehill. We had just gone three and out for like three or four drives before that. And Tannehill gets, gets out, escapes the sack, finds Westbrook Aquina. And we get a first down. We drive down, and I think did we score on that drive? Yeah, that was yeah when Julio scored. So, um, I mean, Westbrook Aquino scored. Oh, on that drive, I think so. Okay, um, no, no, never mind. You're right. It Westbrook Aquino caught it, but right. then Julio scored later. I think because yeah. that was never mind, Julio right. had the touchdown in the second half. Yeah, but so that was huge, and that you know that made the game I guess twenty eight eighteen, and then they scored again. But you know we. We held him, but Tannehill was great. I mean, is that does that give you all confidence? I know, I I had been down on Tannehill recently. Um, I know Pettit started. To, Pettit, you've always loved Tannehill, and then there were some games like the Steelers game. After that, you know, you started to get a little worried about him. Yeah, I uh, I'm still a little worried about him, honestly. But <laughs> um, him and AJ have a connection that is game changing. And so, to see that finally showing again, I mean, every single time when we give AJ 10-plus targets, like Robert's been saying all season, we do, our offense is good. Our offense is very good. And I don't even think we gave AJ 10 targets this week, but maybe that was a problem in the second half, because we did target him in the first half. But it's very encouraging to see him throwing the ball to AJ a lot. And then, this is the first game since week two that he's been throwing the ball to Julio Jones. So to see them also connecting is really fun. Yeah, we jump encouraging, and then Westbrook Aquinas now being that third guy that we thought we, he was supposed to be all year, um, and he's just fitting that role really well. And then to think Derrick Henry coming back, it's like okay, now we could be rolling. I got to push back on one thing you said. I did not think what Nick Westbrook Aquin could be the third guy no, all year. Sorry, I meant like once the season got going. He is, like, he he's is a Tajay Sharp kind of guy. But he has completely exceeded my expectations. He made some grabs. Yes. That first grab in the in the first quarter was exceptional. I am pretty sure I predicted him to get cut in preseason. I think I did too. I, I, so I have been absolutely blown away by his production, by his contribution to the team. He's a great blocker. He's just a team guy. He's a glue guy. He's Incredible big. find. Yeah. I mean – for him to emerge as basically our number three passing option, really he's past Ferkser. 
It's taken some injuries, but he's... It's taken some injuries. I wonder if Marcus Johnson probably would have been oh that my third gosh, guy. Dude, Marcus Johnson would have gotten more than 10 catches. <laughs> I would have gotten my money from Robert. All $10. Marcus Ned Johnson Gunnett. next year is the guy to be excited for. Oh, though, so I think. excited. Josh I'll Reynolds like is another guy who probably would have you know, played over Nick Westbrook-Ikina. So. Cannot believe Josh Reynolds. So, yeah, I'm just... He is, he is emerged, and he seems more... He seems to have more staying power than a guy like Khalif Raymond, mm-hmm. right? Khalif Raymond kind of came on towards the end of the season in 2019, and you kind of saw that he was going to be a like a cap cash. Yeah, but yeah, or not just like I wonder if this guy's actually good or if he just. I mean, he's good. He's fast. He's doing good things with the Lions, but Nick Westbrook Ikeena just seems like he's going to be on our team longer for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Titans. We don't like to. Make it easy on the fans. <laughs> so Taylor Lewan uh, said that too after the game. What did he say? He was talking about how he was like, "Yeah, we we almost you know did our normal thing, classic Titans, where we fell asleep at the wheel, lost to a team we weren't supposed to. We're sorry about that, but you know <laughs> we, we pulled it out. We got the win. Hey, winning cures everything. So um, great job by the team this year. I mean, we said when Derek got hurt in the Colts game, we had nine games left, and we came on this podcast and said, if we can just go five and four, if we can go four and five even and make the playoffs for Derek to get back, that'll be successful. For us to go six and three and get the one seed is just outstanding. Incredible. It's awesome. Um, I, I do – would you all be surprised to hear that supposedly Tannehill was a top ten PFF quarterback this year? Probably number ten overall. I don't know if he was number 10, but I just saw that he was a... That is surprising. We're going to have some interesting Tannehill debates this offseason. Yes. Because um, it did not get... The picture did not get clearer. I want to say oh, wait, wait, he, wait. he was, was he, fourth in the league in interceptions and then second in the league in sacks. Wait, he was he finished top 10 in PFF grade and QBR for a third straight year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So top 10 PFF quarterback this year. I hear all that, and I think that there's better options out there i don't think there's better options like i don't think we could go sign a guy in free agency better than Tannehill. i don't think we could draft a guy better than Tannehill. so we're kind of stuck with what we got i think he's a little bit better than kirk cousins um if that makes sense like that does make sense like i think he's like a he's a winner compared to kirk cousins yeah he's a kirk cousins who wins yeah but he also has a much better team around him and a much better coach and general manager (laughs) So I'm just I, yeah. I mean, Mike Zimmer just got fired. So, so <laughs> I just I don't know if t- if like if we're if we want to be a championship contender year in and year out, don't you have to have a top tier quarterback like a top yeah. echelon quarterback like a top six top eight guy? And I I mean we're gonna have this debate all off season. I'm sure. Yeah, this I was on the fence. About, I mean, I wasn't on the fence about Tannehill. I was just like, he's got to elevate his game for us to get to where we we need to go in the off season. I said that. And now I, mean, I think let's it's pretty revisit. clear that he didn't he, elevate his game, but he, but we're also the one seed. So I'm like, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe maybe we don't have to have a top six guy to be a, a championship he's contender. Also, just in a u- unique position again with the injuries, and then yeah. not having Julio or AJ and Derek, and then not even having their backups. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard to figure out what was his fault, what was like the game, like the people around him, and O line being in and out. It's like. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. 
We there's we've no, given up a lot more sacks this year. Not as clean of pockets he's thrown out of. So it's been it's really hard to tell. But again, he doesn't look the same as last year. No, he doesn't. But does those factors totally. play into that? I don't know. I really totally. don't know. I mean, it's and Vrabel did endorse him last week, and he's been healthy, he which is huge. Think about like yeah, Kyler he has Murray hasn't been healthy. Now he looks bad. The Cardinals, uh, dude. It's, I wish so bad we didn't play the Cardinals the first game of the year. I know. We would have beat them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But Down healthy stretch, is a huge knows? thing for a quarterback. Where I mean, Dak Prescott's been healthy all year, and they've been looking pretty good. But he was hurt last year. Yeah, and then it's just like. I'm trying to think of another quarterback that got hurt this year. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just ruined my... Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is hurt, but he's going to be the MVP. I mean, it's a good point. It's going to be a great conversation this offseason. Lamar. I'm, I'm fully... Lamar, Lamar is a good one, yeah. I'm fully behind Tannehill. Like, he's my quarterback. Baker I Mayfield. believe in him. I'm going to cheer for him and root for him. I think he's exactly what this team needs. My thought process is just, do we have to get another guy waiting in the wings do we need or do you go and give up a few first round picks for Aaron Rodgers that's that's my Dude, that's my thought know. process I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is coming to Nashville I don't think he's leaving the Packers but I also think Aaron Rodgers would I think Nashville would be one of his preferred destinations his his fiance loves Nashville Shailene Woodley yes you close with it or something <laughs> Got some. I have some sources. She said the that. Scenes. She said that in a behind the scenes of a secret life American teenager. Hey, this is it, it was off the record. I can't reveal my sources, but I know that she loves Nashville. <laughs> and let's be honest, Nashville might be one of the most friendly um, anti-vax cities in the country. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to get vaccinated, there's. Uh, <laughs> There's fewer cities better to live in than Nashville. If that's I can't remember the last time a restaurant in Nashville asked me for a vaccine card. Never. So maybe yeah, maybe never. we're off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> Years I mean, ago. I, I, I guarantee he's not going to Chicago after that guy called him uh, the a worst bum. guy in the NFL. Yeah, he called him a bum. Yeah. Or again, Aaron again. called the guy a bum. To kind of go back to it, though, I mean, yeah, Lamar gets hurt and the Ravens are trash. I mean, having a healthy quarterback all year does make a huge difference. And so, if Tannehill stays healthy, it's just like you already have an advantage over a couple teams totally. like the Ravens totally. and the Cardinals. That it doesn't matter if they're that much better than Tannehill if they are. And so when like, the team's number one in the AFC, like, what do we really have to complain about? Like, what? Yeah. Well, I you, mean, we could complain if we get are, bounced first round. So that's what we I could said. Complain about being the worst number one seed in NFL. Well, let's history. get to that. But real <laughs> quick, get to that. In the off season, I said if the the. Standard for Tannehill this year needs to be AFC Championship game. We're one I, game okay. away. So the interesting thing is when you said that at the beginning of the year, I was like, that's ridiculous. Holy crap, you're crazy. At this point, we saw our defense improve the way I wanted it to, and I think it's you, that's a stronger argument now. And now yeah. Tannehill has all his guys healthy. Presumably Derek's coming back for the divisional game. So this is really like kind of a microcosm of what we said the season was going to be. This game in the divisional round is basically, okay, Tannehill. Let's see it. Let's see it, man. You had a great game against the Texans, four touchdowns, best game of the year. Like, this is your chance. Now, we can't give the ball to Derek 30 times, I don't think, and win the game because it's going to be his first game back. Well, it depends on who will play. That's true. And he could be So since we predicted all this, are we the best Titans analysts? (laughs) 
of all I time. Mean, we we're pretty spot on on our offseason Tannehill predictions, or 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 uh, what we what we wanted to see from him this year. I was definitely not spot on on my preseason prediction. I did say we would go eleven and five, or your, sorry, eleven your and six. Was terrible. Well, okay. The thing was, I was missing a lot of the wins and losses, like. I'm I looking at it right now. Who would have predicted Jets and Texans losses? I thought we lost four straight: Chiefs, Bills, Colts, Rams, and we won all four of those. So yeah. at the beginning of the year, all three of us we did a snake draft. You may remember if you were a listener at that point, and we got to pick the games that we wanted. Um, basically, like we would go in a snake draft, and we would each pick a game on the schedule. If the Titans won that game, then we would get credit for a win. At the end of the year, we touted it all up. Pettit went four and zero, and five and zero, five and zero, five and zero. JG and I each went three and two. Yep. So that means we're splitting the pizza and the food for the uh, Super Bowl party. Yep. Hopefully, Titans will be in it, baby. Hopefully, <laughs> watching the Titans. Got I it. also want to say uh, I'm looking right here. John Garrett made a record prediction right here, and he went through every game on his own and predicted win or loss, and he predicted that we we're going to go eleven and six. And all six of the losses were wrong. <laughs> were wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, the Seahawks, the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams, and 49ers. And we won every single one of those games. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, hey, maybe uh, I did that on purpose. Pettit, to you touched it. on something that's going around national media this week, and that, that's that the Titans are one of the worst number one seasons ever. It's true. What, um, what do you guys think about I'm that? Laughing. I think it stemmed from Aaron Schatz or something like that, Aaron Schatz or whatever, on Twitter. Um, he's You're definitely not listening, but frick you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's something about the DVOA, uh, and it's a certain analytical stat that measures, tries to measure like the, the true value of someone's defense and how good or bad they are based on that. Um, they, he said, he tweeted something out saying that we're like one of the worst number one seeds. We have the worst DVOA of a one seed since like 1980 something. And he just, and it doesn't factor in injuries. So it didn't factor in all the injuries we've had all year. I don't know. I, I mean, yes, there were certain parts where we looked terrible and we lost to the Jets, we lost to the Texans. How are we the one seed? Blah, blah, blah. But to me, that shows how resilient and gritty Chris Dent podcast of a team we are you know like yeah the fact that we got the one seed let's freaking go well DVOA is an interesting metric it basically measures yardage but not just yardage yardage towards a first down so they weight basically they weight yards differently based on the down and distance so for example if you get five yards on third and four that's worth more and weighted more heavily than if you got five yards on first and 10. Um, and five yards on third and four is weighted much more heavily like in your favor than five yards on third and 12 because you didn't get the first down. And then red zone plays are worth more. And then they, they adjust your performance versus the quality of the opponent. So it's a very highly technical, analytical, nerdy stat to look at. Nerd. <laughs> and if it was in our favor, I'm sure we would all be fans of the DO, DVOA metric. <laughs> I'll but tell you right not. now, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd say that thing is false. It's rat poison. Even if it was in your favor? Yeah. I'd say it's rat poison. That's We're getting a, too cocky. Here's another stat 
that would go in favor of the Titans are not a very good one seed. And the la- and this is I got to give credit to Ryan Russillo on his podcast. I'm a big fan of that. He brought this up uh, this week. Go listen to him. He's segment life advice is one of my favorite segments. So after you listen to the primetime Titans exactly. there pod, you go. yeah, turn on Ryan Russillo. Um, but he brought up this this fact that over the last 20 years, the average point differential for the number one seed in the AFC is 158 plus 158. Oh, my gosh. The Titans currently are sixth in the AFC in point differential, six overall, and we are plus 65. So we're almost 100 points over the course of a season below the average one seed over the last 20 years in point differential. So that's kind of why people don't see us as that big of a, or strong of a one seed. And then he also said that there has been one – team over the last 20 years who has been the one seed in the AFC, one team, with a lower point differential than the Titans. And it was the 2015 Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning. Oh, wow. So The best defense, arguably. Right. So, and he acknowledged, and, and to his credit, unlike a lot of the people who are saying the Titans are a bad one seed, that, well... Haven't had Derrick Henry, haven't had A.J. Brown, haven't had Julio, tons of injuries. You know, you have a really, really – your, your losses against the Cardinals, you lose by like 40, and so that doesn't help your point differential, right? I mean, you can make excuses all day. And I just go back to this. I think all of that is true if Derrick Henry is not playing. But if Derrick Henry comes back, I just think we're a different team. Different team. Yeah, I I think there is an argument. I don't know all the one seeds. I, I don't think I could name almost any one seeds from previous years besides like the Chiefs. And I'm sure, the, the Patriots, Patriots were one seed at some years. point. Yeah, those are. I think like the, the only... Packers were the one seed again last year. Well, I'm talking. AFC. Oh, AFC. Sorry. Yeah. Come on. Ra- were the Raven the Ravens were the one seed? They were the we one seed when we beat them. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but um, again, yeah, I I do see the argument. We aren't a flashy team by any means, but. We haven't been healthy, and I know you already talked about it, but when we're healthy, we have been beating teams. We've been smacking teams. Like, we destroyed the Chiefs. Yeah. We beat – I mean, we were healthier against the Rams, and – sorry, we were not healthy against the Rams. What am I saying? <laughs> we lost. Yeah, wait. We didn't have Derek. <laughs> yeah. We did have AJ and Julio. Yeah. Yeah, but our defense was – we didn't have anybody. We had David Long. He got hurt at the end of that. Sorry. We, we were didn't not, have Dupree. We, we were not we healthy at that point. Totally banged up, but we weren't healthy. <laughs> but we had been beating teams like the Colts and all that. And it's just like when we are healthy, we were crushing teams or you know narrow, winning narrowly by, with like a field goal or two. But I mean, we had but they were high scoring games and we were putting up points. And then now that we're getting our guys back, we're putting up points. Twenty eight points against the Texans. I know nothing to like. Right, home about, but 28 points and then, what, 34 against the Dolphins? Yeah. Once we're starting to get healthy, I mean, we're putting up a lot of points and we could put up more if we – I honestly think we could if we were really just trying to put the nail in the coffin on some of these teams. So We I think would have scored Titans, more points if Derrick Henry was totally. on our team the rest of the yeah. year. I mean, how or many runs – How yeah. many runs did we watch Foreman – run the ball in the last nine games, or Hilliard for that matter, and say, if the that Foreman, was Derek, that would have been a touchdown. The Foreman fumble against the Patriots. Yes. Touchdown Derek Henry. Yeah. Foreman had probably had five runs this year in the last nine games where I thought, 
Man, if that was Derek, I think that probably would have been a touchdown. But they don't have the a loaded four, box like Derek does. The four no, they they one. do, though. Vrabel, they asked Vrabel about that last week and said, hey, are teams playing you differently? And he said no. He said we have maybe a fewer stacked boxes, but for the most part we are a run team and teams are stacking the box. Now I know Derek's probably a different mentality for the defenders when he's in there, but they're still stacking the box against us. The fourth and one against the Texans that Adrian Peterson got stuffed on. Oh, totally. First down, Derek. Yeah, we win that Texans game, too. I think we win the Texans game. I think we win the Steelers game. Yeah. You said it. Derek Henry, you you were saying against the Steelers, you were like, Derek Henry would probably have 300 yards. Yeah. Um, But what's interesting about the Steelers, I saw a tweet. The loss to the Steelers that the Titans had cost the Titans absolutely nothing. Yeah. And it costed the Colts absolutely everything. Which brings us Which to hilarious. the best, second best storyline of the weekend is the Indianapolis Colts absolutely laying an egg, getting man, embarrassed. Man, it just is a shame that the most dangerous team in the league, the team with the NFL MVP, the team with the coach of the year, the best GM in the league, best seven Pro Bowlers, best O line, best it's mascot, just, it's best just logo, a shame. It best is stadium. such a shame. Get out of that here. That they are not making the playoffs. Hey, enjoy the Bahamas, Darius Leonard, if you're even going to go there. Please don't find me if you hear this. I'm, uh, Maybe we should just call someone else say, out. Yeah. Carson uh, Wentz. Naheem Hines. Bring it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyone but the maniac. No, let me not challenge him. Quinn yeah. Nelson, well, I, you have a good offseason. You know, the, everybody was saying the Colts, they're the team that nobody wants to see in the playoffs. Well, now they are the team that nobody's going to see in the playoffs, baby. Come on now. I absolutely love it. I was, I, I will say the Colts have dominated us for years, and we never beat Andrew Luck, so I get it. They've dominated us for a while, but not this year and not last year. That's right. And they can get out of here with that. And Jonathan Taylor, don't even, don't, don't, don't even compare him to Derrick Henry. Not That's, to the king. He, he didn't even hit 2,000 yards. No. In a 17-game season with a That's team true. that didn't make the playoffs. All right, so do we want to wrap that up? That probably with, makes it worse. Do we want to wrap up with this Derrick Henry talk? Yeah. All right, so I want to I want to say – I want to uh, read a tweet to you all. Uh, this was going into the Texans game. We were wondering if he was going to be playing, you know, maybe get a few snaps or something like that. Um, was never designated off the IR. Um, he's designated to return off IR but not actually activated – there were some that said it's a small sample size in the study, only 42 players. But for NFL players with Jones fracture surgery, if you return less than 10 weeks uh, after the surgery, 53% decrease in performance and higher chance of re-injury. If you return greater than nine weeks after the surgery, 9% increase in performance post-operation, and uh, it doesn't say anything about re-injury. But... That, to me, I think that tweet alone made me feel good about Derrick Henry. And he'll be coming back just under 12 weeks, right? Like I think so. Or two I think it would have been weeks. like nine weeks if he had – I think it's 10 weeks today. Is it 10 weeks today? I thought, I thought it was 10 weeks last week. No, 10 weeks today. It would have been nine last week. So yeah. it'll be 11 when he gets back for the divisional game. 11 going on 12. Almost 12, yeah. Just yeah. a couple of days under 12, which is – right. Which you love to hear. Love to hear Absolutely that. Absolutely love 
to here. And, and it seems like he could have played if we really wanted him to. Like, if we needed him to win the game, I think he would have played. And in practice, I don't know how, but I think he got bigger and stronger. Oh, I don't know how he He's probably been doing arms and chest for three months, just the, getting the out. The videos of him at practice were the minute and amazing. The Teron Davenport had a minute and a half. And he doesn't even, no sign of a limp. He looked like he was cutting pretty well. Again, looks bigger, stronger, faster. And you'd know. And just a short little clip. I was like, he noticeably looks bigger and stronger. You know those trainers. I mean, we have world-class trainers, right? Well, and Derek's a world-class athlete. We talked about earlier yeah, well, how we Besides our hamstring guy. Besides our hamstring guy. Besides our hamstring guy. But I'm just saying, still they've, got, it out. they've got ways in the pool and all these different ways to keep the guys in shape, even though he's not able to run. I just cannot – I mean, can you imagine a fully healthy Derrick Henry in the playoffs against teams who have been playing 10 straight weeks without a bye? I mean, that's one of the Beautiful. biggest advantages that we have is that all the, these teams next week are going to come in, whoever we play, they're going to be beat up because they haven't had a week off in a couple Patriots, months. Patriots had a late bye. But. Okay. I saw a thing that was when genetics, work ethic, and talent all meet, that's where you get Derrick Henry. <laughs> the best of all three of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is... Uh, well, my genetics are maybe a little better than his. But and that's why they were like, he's going to come back from this injury just better than ever. I can't wait. Speaking of Derrick Henry coming back, we pubbed it in the intro, but we've got some brand new shirts that just... hot. They're hot off, hot off the press. Hot off the press. Hot um, off the Grind City Designs press. Where can they find... We got, we got a, a t-shirt and a hoodie. Both of them have a logo that says it's Return of the King in the Lord of the Rings font. And then it's a picture of uh, a guy who we like to think of as our king with a crown on, our uh, our, our football king. Um, and then we also have Primetime Titans t-shirts. Just if you're a fan of the podcast and you want to buy a t-shirt with our podcast name on it, you can get those. Um, where can you find the link to get those shirts and hoodies? So it is a little bit of a long link, but it is grindcitydesigns.com backslash primetime titans backslash shop backslash home. <laughs> so uh, so if you don't well, want to type all that out, it's in our, it's in go our, to bio. our Instagram bio. It's in our Instagram bio. It's in our Twitter bio. It's on my personal Instagram bio. Well, I need to add that back. Um <laughs> And we're going to be going to the divisional round game together with some of our friends. We just bought tickets for whoever whoever we play. We'll be wearing those shirts and hoodies then, probably. I will definitely be wearing one of those shirts. Yeah, I got I two of too. them. And we're going to be tailgating. Yeah. We're going to be tailgating. So if you want to meet up with the primetime crew uh, for that game, I know there's some pretty hardcore... A live episode? There's some hardcore <laughs> tailgaters and, and fans who listen to this podcast. So if, if you want to link up with the crew... Maybe we get there a little early and we we record a podcast before the game. Who knows? You know that would be fun. That actually would be fun. We and if you want to link up, game. if you want to link up and and invite us to your tailgate, maybe you get on the podcast. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> just reach out to us, find yeah. us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. But this has been fun. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Enjoy the bye week. I cannot believe it. We have a freaking bye. We are the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, I almost choked up there and saying that. <laughs> Little Stetson Bennett crying. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just want to end with uh, Colts. See you later. 
especially to that guy on the pedestrian bridge yeah. after the Texans game yeah. the first time. Yeah. That guy deserves a special. Who's victory. laughing now? Who's who's laughing now after the loss to the Texans that we had? We are. We are. We're <laughs> laughing. I'm laughing. Tighten up, boys. Tighten and up. girls. Thank y'all for listening.